वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ಮನೋಭೀಷ್ಟಂಸ್ಥಾಪಿತೀಗುರುತಾಪದಕಮಲ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುನ್ವೈಷ್ಣವಾಂಶ್ಚೀರೂಪಸಾಗ್ರಜಾತ ಸಹ ಗಣರಘುನಾಥಾನ್ವಿತೀವಂ ಸಾಧ್ವೈತಂ ಸಾವಧೂತ ಪರಿಜನ ಸಹಿತ ಕೃಷ್ಣಚೈತನ್ಯದೇವೃಷ್ಣಪಾದಾನ್ ಸಹ ಗಣಲಲಿತ್ರೀ ವಿಶಾಖಾನ್ವಿತಾಂಶ್ಚ ಹೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣಕರುಣಾ ಸಿಂಧೋ ದೀನಬಂಧೋ ಜಗತ್ಪಥೆ ಗೋಪೇಶ ಗೋಪಿಕಾಕಾಂತ ರಾಧಾಕಾಂತ ನಮೋಸ್ತುತೆ ತಪ್ತಕಾಂಚನ ಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೆ ವೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿಪ್ರಿಯೆ ವಾಂಛಾಕಲ್ಪತರುಭ್ಯಶ್ಚ ಕೃಪಾಸಿಂಧುಭ್ಯವಚ ಪತಿಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ನಮೋ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪಾದೃಷ್ಣಪ್ರೇಷ್ಠಾಯೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ಭಕ್ತಿವೇದಾಂತಸ್ವಾಮಿನಿಮಿನೆ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸಾರಸ್ವತಿ ದೇವಿ ಗೌರವಾಣೀ ಪ್ರಚಾರಿಣೆ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷ ಶೂನ್ಯವಾದೀ ಪಾಶ್ಚಾತ್ಯದೇಶತಾರಿಣೆ ನಮೋ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವಿನೋದಾಯ ಸಚ್ಚಿದಾನಂದನಾಮಿನೆ ಗೌರಶಕ್ತಿಸ್ವರೂಪಾಯುಗವರಾಯ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭುನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀ ಅದ್ವೈತ ಗದಾಧರ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸಾದಿಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ So today we will study a bit about the life of Thakur Bhaktivinoth. So actually his name was Kedarnath Dutta. Kedarnath Dutta. That was his actual name. So he was initiated. Uh, actually he was initiated by uh, Vipin Bihari. Vipin Bihari. Whom he later found out to be um not in line in fact he was eating fish and all that so then he took shiksha from sri jagannath das baba ji so but his name remained bhakti vinod and uh, because he is a great vaishnav so therefore the thakur is uh, attached to his name so this is from the song book you know our song book so in the beginning we have this chapter a glimpse into the life of thakur bhakti vinod so we will read from there <clears throat> thakur bhakti vinod led a life of incessant labor and activity for sri krishna the supreme personality of godhead 
We'll just check the levels of audio. Hare Krishna. Okay. <clears throat> he effected such immense good in the world that his work is only to be compared with the unbounded works of Sri Chaitanya himself and the Goswamis. It was the spiritual attempts and divine writings of this individual that turned the scale and led the intelligent and educated community to believe in the noble precepts and teachings of Lord Chaitanya. Actually, there is a book called The Seventh Goswami, uh, I think by Rupa Vilas Prabhu. Uh, it is an autobiography of uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur. That, that, that is a full, full life history of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. But this is just like a glimpse. So there is, the title itself is Seventh Goswami. After six Goswamis, uh, he was so exalted that one gentleman, he said, I can only see you next to the six Goswamis. So he was that elevated. He was a pure devotee, of course. So if we look back one century, uh, when we say here one century, I think it's uh, 1970 something it was compiled, so 1870s. We cannot but be astonished to find how degraded was the condition of the Vaishnava faith which had its pure origin in the deep and majestic spiritual philosophy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Even vastly learned pandits could not fathom the super-excellent precepts of Lord Chaitanya's philosophy, yet due to incredulity born of the ignorance of uncultured men, the, the Vaishnava faith had been degraded and was considered a beggar's excuse for living at the expense of society. It was by sheer love for the Godhead that Thakur Bhaktivinoda expounded the deep philosophy which had remained concealed in the pages of the Vedas, Upanishads, the Puranas and the Bhagavatam. By his action toward divine service and also by his words, set in simple language to be easily understood by readers in general, he has given this philosophy to the world. It is his writings and his divine unparalleled character that have helped to produce a class of educated and enlightened men who are now proud of their Vaishnava faith and of their acquisition of spiritual knowledge of the pure and sublime philosophy of Krishna on which the stern teachings of Sri Chaitanya are based. Though born in opulent circumstances on September 2nd, 1838, Thakur Bhaktivinod who was given the name Kedarnath Datta, had to meet many difficulties in his early life. His childhood was spent at his maternal grandfather's house at Birnagar, Ulagram, from where he came to Calcutta at the age of 13, after the death of his, death of his father. After he completed his education, he was requested to be present at the time of his paternal grandfather's death. His grandfather, Rajavallabha Dutt, had been a famous personality in, of Calcutta, and had retired to a lonely place in Orissa to spend his last days as an ascetic. He could predict the future and knew when he would die since he could commune with supernatural beings. Thakur Bhaktivinod was present at the eventful time when that great soul passed away and after receiving his grandfather's instructions, he visited all of the major temples and ashrams of the state of Orissa. Bhaktivinoda Thakur then entered the educational service and introduced English education into the state of Orissa for the first time. He wrote a small book about all the ashrams of the state and mentioned an ashram which was on his ancestor's property. So you can see how Bhaktivinoda Thakur was very 
forward uh, thinking he introduced english education into the state of orissa and uh, because if this message has to go all over the world uh, it is just like bhakti uh, vinod bhakti siddhant saraswati thakur asked shila prabhupad to uh, preach this message to the english speaking world because he knew english of course some so called pseudo devotees they say that see this means that we have to have first material education and then you can preach effectively uh, not exactly it's just a question of language uh, um, and if we read prabhupada's books actually we will get educated very nicely in every aspect of life uh, whereas with material education there is um, very high chance of association with materialistic people and thus we will spoil our life so anyway he was uh, very much working with the government british government at the time so he was put in the educational service so he introduced english education into the state of orissa so he wrote a small book about all the ashrams of the state and mentioned an ashram which was on his ancestor's property <coughs> quote i have a small village choti mangalpur in the country of orissa of which i am the proprietor he wrote unquote quote in that village is a religious house which was granted by my predecessors to the holy men as a holding of rent free land the head of the institution entirely gave up entertaining such men as chance to seek shelter on a rainy night this came to my notice and i administered a severe threat that his lands would be cruelly resumed if in the future complaints of his, of inhospitality were brought to my knowledge unquote bhaktivinoda thakur later took to the government service and was transferred to bengal in one town he gave a historic speech on the shrimad bhagavatam which attracted the attention of thousands he made the world know what hidden treasures pervade every page of the bhagavatam which should be read by all persons having a philosophical turn of mind he was transferred some years later to a town called champaran in this town there was a brahmadaitya living in a great banyan tree and he was worshipped he was being worshipped by many degraded people a brahmadaitya is a type of ghost so brahmadaitya means basically uh, brahmana who has become a ghost <coughs> after his death if he become ghost that is called brahmarakshasa or brahmadaitya One day the father of a famous girl scholar came to Bhakti Vinod for alms and Bhakti Vinod Thakur at once employed him in reading the Bhagavatam under the shade of the banyan tree which was the abode of the ghost After one month the Bhagavatam was completed and then the, and then and there the tree crashed to the ground and the ghost was gone for good Everyone was thankful for this act except the few dishonest persons who were worshiping the ghost So we can see the power of the Bhagavatam uh the ghost was removed uh so if there is daily bhagavatam reading in the house uh, there is no influences of this uh ghosts and spirits bhakti vinod's next move was to puri this is means jagannath puri the government commissioner was much pleased to get him in his division and he asked him to watch the affairs of the temple of jagannath on behalf of the government 
It was through Bhaktivinoda's exertions that many malpractices were checked and the time for the offering of foods before the deity was regulated to its extreme punctuality. Thakur Bhaktivinoda was especially entrusted to quell the rise against the government of one Bishikishen who declared himself to be an incarnation of Mahavishnu. During the course of his investigation, Thakur Bhaktivinoda found him to be a hoax and a culprit and charged him with transgressing government injunctions. After his trial, the fellow was sentenced to imprisonment for a year and a half, but he died shortly after in jail. This man was really possessed of unnatural powers, but as they were the outcome of non-spiritual practices, he had to submit to the Thakur when the latter wanted him to do so. Bishikishen was held in dread by the common people and everyone warned Srila Bhaktivinoda not to admonish him even for the sake of justice in view of the serious consequences that the yogi could in, would inflict. But although the Thakur was not a man of ostentation and did not allow people to know his true qualities and spiritual strength, he easily cut down the demoniac power of the imposter. With the fall of Bishikishen, there rose an imposter Balram at another village and there were also other so-called incarnations of God, but their plans were similarly frustrated. So, this was actually a very dramatic, the most dramatic story of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's life, this Bishikishen. He was a rascal number one. And uh, he was saying that I am God. That so-called wooden form of Jagannath in the temple, that is wood. I am the real Mahavishnu. Uh, so, everybody should worship me and this way, he had actually some powers, tantric powers, black magic. So, with those powers, he could heal people. Yeah? And so many people were going to him and their disease was getting cured. And you know, so many things he was doing, magical. And uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was asked by the British government to, to stop this fellow. Because he was very powerful. At the same time, he was actually trying to uh, create a political uprising. He was saying that I will free India. I am the incarnation of Mahavishnu. I will free India from the British rule. This was his promise. Of course, real Bhagwan does not have this kind of useless missions. Um, but, uh, of course, uh, Krishna when he comes, he wants to give us real freedom from birth and death. Uh, but these so-called freedom fighters who say that, oh, we want freedom. Um, when the British went away, India's condition was even worse than before. Uh, and even now India is dependent on, a, on its own government. So, dependence is always there. Now, we cannot say that I want to be independent all the time. But, which dependence that we can choose? Uh, Dependence on Krishna is the real dependence. So, Rajarshi means the person or the ruler who rules according to the principles of dharma. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway, so this person, he was saying that I was Mahavishnu and all that and uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur went to his place and he, he knew that this Bhaktivinoda Thakur was coming by his mystic powers and he was exhibiting some, uh, no, some fire sparks coming out of his head and all that. Everybody was very, it was very dramatic. Everybody was very scared and afraid. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur asked him, uh, so there was actually a conversation. So, 
Bishakishan said, uh, you know, yes, I am Mahavishnu, I am uh, incarnation of Vishnu. So, why you have come here? I, I know why you have come. You better retract, otherwise, you know, great offense will be done and you will have to face the consequences. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur did not relent. He wanted to capture him. The guards also don't want to go in front to capture him. The police constables, he did not want to catch him. They were far too afraid. Uh, but, this, uh, but they got him and uh, brought for trial. And uh, because of his mystic power, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's daughter was a very small girl. She fell into serious illness. She was about to even die. And uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, after, um, you know, in the court case, few days it went. And the day of the judgment, he got a heart attack. That was also because of the Vishakishan mystic power. So he was, got a heart attack. He was put, and Bhaktivinoda Thakur still wanted to go to the court and give the judgment, the prison for this man. So he was actually carried on a stretcher and he went to the court, he was sitting on the... So and then he gave the judgment. At that time, after the judgment was given, one uh, British fellow, he was actually studying Indian yogis and the yoga practices, how yogis attain power and all that. So he learned something that yogis, they, they put their power all in the the hair. So he had a big bunch of hair. So this man, Walters, I think his name was Walters. So he went with a big, you know, that gardening scissors. He went there and then from behind he just chopped his hair. And the moment he did that, before he did that, before trial, he was put in the jail and for uh, 40 days or something, this Bishikishan did not eat anything, no drinking water, no sleeping simply on air and his uh, strength was not even going down. He was as strong as a day one. So he was very powerful. But when that hair was cut, he immediately collapsed, almost completely dead. Uh, He was not dead, completely devoid of any strength, he fell down. And at that time Bhaktivinoda Thakur could uh, get up. You know, and then his, uh, the whole village actually fell, fell sick. Everybody fell sick in the village. The entire village. So everybody became alright suddenly. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur's daughter also came. She, she arose. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur also, his pain was gone. Everything was gone. And uh, this man was put in the jail and I think he committed suicide or something. Three weeks later. So this was the incident. If you see the, if you read the Seventh Goswami book, there is a chapter on the entire Bishikishan episode. So like this, uh, he took great risk to preach. So sometimes some devotees, they say, so-called devotees, they are not devotees, actually, they don't have any idea of philosophical understanding of devotee, Vaishnava uh, philosophy. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, you can see how he criticized not only criticized, took legal action against imposters. And by his spiritual strength, 
this imposter was not only just legal action he died and uh, so called other incarnation this was actually very common at that time in orissa and bengal all kinds of rascals were in orissa and bengal at that time they were descendants of vaishnava faith but they completely deviated from the um, actual teachings of our sampradaya and they started um, actually bhaktivinod thakur uh, calculated how many 13 apasampradayas were there apasampradayas means they coming from sampradaya but they completely deviated from the message deviated from the teachings so they were apasampradayas so he named them also so aula baula sakhi beki gorangnagari um, sahajiya uh, like this 13 names are there the list is also there actually i think in the maybe seventh goswami book or something i think in some of the prabhupad purports also i think is mentioned somewhere so he was cutting down all these people and bhakti siddhan saraswati thakur also was very strict against this so they what they do is they keep so many women and they say oh now raslila and this useless bhagwan will become the krishna and then they are all they are all the gopis and this way used to pollute they used to pollute a lot of women uh, so with the fall of bishakishan there are, there rose another imposter balram they used am balram and another village and there were also other so called incarnations but their plans were similarly frustrated so this balram vishnu all this plans are frustrated whereas krishna is known as akuntha medha se akuntha medha se means his plans are never frustrated i think it is uh, This is Lord Shiva actually saying this. Namastha Ashishami Isha Manave Karanatmane Namo Dharmaya Brihate Krishnaya Akuntha Medhase Purushaya Puranaya Sankhi Yogeshwaraya Cha My dear Lord, you are the topmost of all bestowers of all benediction, the oldest and supreme enjoyer amongst all enjoyers. You are the master of all the world's metaphysical philosophy. and you are the supreme cause of all causes lord krishna you are the greatest of all religious principles the supreme mind and you have a brain which is never checked by any condition therefore i repeatedly offer my obeisances unto you this is actually krishna akuntha medhase his brain is never checked by any condition whereas the so called incarnations were checked During his stay at Jagannath Puri, Thakur Bhaktivinoda devoted much of his time to the discussion of spiritual works and prepared notes on the Vedanta Sutras, which were published with the commentaries of Baladev Vidya Bhushan. He also composed the Kalyana Kalpataru, from which Vibhavari Shesha, one selection, appears in this book, um, in the song book, actually. There is Rishi Raja. so the unique thing about bhaktivinoda thakur and narottam das thakur is that they compa- uh, compiled the entire vaishnava philosophy in songs very simple bengali even any common man can understand you see vedas and all these upanishads puranas very hard to understand but all those just like we have sung vaishnava thakur song uh, that was by narottam das thakur so ohe vaishnava thakur is by bhaktivinoda thakur that is another song about vaishnavas so these are very high philosophy actually but in very simple bengali 
they have composed these songs so that common man also can understand so bhaktivinoda thakur wrote many books actually and uh, songs he was writing in the night he was writing these songs he also composed the kalyana kalpataru from which vibhavara sesha one selection appears in this book this may very truly be termed an immortal work and it stands on the same level as the divine writings of narottam das thakur in 1877 he left puri on government service and in 1881 he started a well known spiritual journal called the sajjana toshini the satisfaction of pure devotees so he started magazine sajjana toshini he also published the sri krishna samhita which revealed to the world the underlying philosophy explaining the spiritual existence of krishna this book opened the eyes of educated people to teach them their true relationship with god it also attracted the admiration of many german scholars for although the public regarded krishna as a poetic creation of erotic nature shila bhaktivinoda revealed krishna as parabrahman the supreme transcendental person the absolute being on the basis of vedic evidence so here see bhaktivinoda thakur was in an era where there was complete um, misunderstanding of what is religion and what is god and what is the understanding of krishna so but he was never discouraged ah these people won't listen i know whatever you say also they won't listen then he did not say like that so he published you know books and he preached the pure philosophy and he he did not try to appease them he just presented the pure philosophy and slowly it gained traction at the close of his stay at the village of narail he visited brindavan there he had to encounter a band of decoits known as kanjharas these powerful bandits spread all over the roads surrounding the holy place and used to attack innocent pilgrims bhaktivinoda thakur brought this news to the government after and after many months of struggle extirpated the bandits from vrindavan forever from this time on thakur bhaktivinoda preached extensively in large gatherings explaining all of the precepts of the sankirtan of the holy names hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 ram hare ram 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 hare hare while staying at barasat thakur bhaktivinoda met the famous bengali writer bankim chandra chatterjee yeah, any indian would know this poet bankim chandra chatterjee so thakur bhaktivinoda met him this novelist and playwright had just finished writing a book on krishna and knowing shri bhaktivinoda to be an authority on the topics of krishna he gave the manuscript to bhaktivinoda thakur to see it was full of mundane western stylized speculations and ideas but after 4 days of discussion bhaktivinoda had the whole text revised by bankim chandra to accommodate the pure supramundane precepts of lord chaitanya so bhaktivinoda he he presented to bhaktivinoda <laughs> and bhaktivinoda completely corrected it and within 4 days uh, purified at least bankim chandra chatterjee did some service like this hmm. During his last year at Barasat Bhaktivinod was requested by a noted high court judge to publish an authoritative edition of the Shrimad Bhagavad Gita with the commentaries of Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur as well as his own Bhaktivinod's translation the preface written by Bankim Chandra expressed his gratitude to the Thakur for his endeavor and when it was published the copies were soon exhausted 
Then Thakur Bhaktivinoda published a unique work entitled Sri Chaitanya Sikshamrita, the Nectarian Teachings of Lord Chaitanya, which dealt with Lord Chaitanya's theistic philosophy and the philosophies of the Western speculators. This book defeats every other philosophy point for point and establishes the philosophy of Lord Chaitanya as supreme. In 1885, he started a society named Sri Vishwa Vaishnava Raja Sabha for the propagation of pure Hari Bhakti. So, this is actually, if you translate into English, uh, this would mean uh, the Universal Society of Vaishnavas, just like our International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Many eminent citizens of Calcutta joined the society and several committees were organized with assigned duties. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was so anxious to see the land of Lord Chaitanya that he applied many times for a transfer to any, any town nearby. Upon not receiving the desired transfer, he formally submitted a resignation from public service, but it was refused. He signed a resignation, but the British government did not want to accept his resignation. He was that good. Then, to his great rejoicing, he obtained a transfer to Krishnanagar, 25 miles from Navadvip, Mayapur. Once stationed at a place near Navadvip, he did not let a single free moment pass without visiting the land of Navadvip. He had once made inquiries about the exact whereabouts of the different places of Lord Chaitanya's pastimes. He soon discovered that the then city of Navadvip was a town of only a hundred years standing. So, he was curious to locate the actual birthplace of Lord Chaitanya. He was convinced that the town of Navadvip was not the authentic location and he at once commenced a vigorous inquiry to find the truth of the matter. But he could not easily escape from the people who tried to make him believe that the birthplace of Chaitanya was at that town. Then after careful inquiry, he was told that the site was lost under the shifting course of the Ganges. Not satisfied with his explanation, he himself set out to discover the Yoga Peet birthplace. After great difficulties, he came to know of a place which was being adored by many realized souls as the true birthplace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and which was then in the possession of the Muhammadans or the Muslims. Local inquiry and corroborative evidence from ancient maps of the latter part of the 18th century which showed the name Sri Mayapur at last helped him to discover the real site of the birthplace. The discovery led to the publishing of a valuable work called Navadvip Dhamma Mahatmya. Chapter 5 of this book has appeared in Iskons Bengali Back to Godhead magazine. The year 1895 was the most eventful year in the history of the Vaishnava world and Bhaktivinoda Thakur was the prime mover of the events. It was in this year that he officially memorialized the birth site of Sri Chaitanya and brought its true identity and importance before the public eye. Thousands of visitors were present at a function held at the spot. Just after retiring from government service, Thakur Bhaktivinoda himself in a spirit of perfect humility and with a view of giving a firm standing to the discovery, went from door to door to raise funds for a temple. In the Amrita Bazar Patrika newspaper on December 6, 1894, the following article appeared. Quote, Babu Kedarnath Datta, the distinguished deputy magistrate who has just retired from the service, is one of the most active members. Indeed, Babu Kedarnath Datta had, has been deputed by his committee to raise subscriptions in Calcutta and elsewhere and is determined to go from house to house if necessary and beg a rupee from each Hindu gentleman for the noble purpose. 
If Babu Kedarnath Datta sticks to his resolution of going around with a bag in hand, we hope that no Hindu gentleman whose house may be honored by the presence of such a devout bhakta as Babu Kedarnath will send him away without contributing his might, however humble it may be, to the Gaura Vishnupriya Temple Fund. Unquote. Truly, Thakur Bhaktivinoda honored the houses of many persons for the fulfillment of the noble object he had undertaken. He went to persons to whom he would not have gone for any purpose but for this mission of Lord Chaitanya and his efforts were not fruitless since the sum collected contributed to the construction of a building on the holy side of Lord Chaitanya's appearance. He actually went to even his enemy's houses, those who considered him his enemy and gave him a lot of trouble. He went to their houses also to ask. The work of preaching the holy name was also in full swing and it spread fast into the distant corners of the globe. The Gauranga Smaran Mangal Stotra with a preface in English containing the life and precepts of Sri Chaitanya came out from Bhaktivinoda's pen soon after the discovery of Lord Chaitanya's birthplace and found its place in all the learned institutions of both hemispheres. The more the names of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Krishna were preached, the merrier was Thakur Bhaktivinoda. He thereafter made annotations of Sri Brahma Samhita and Sri Krishna Karanamrita and gave to the world his immortal and precious works, Sri Harinam Chintamani and Bhajana Rahasya. He also edited with commentary Srimad Bhagavatarka Marichi Mala, Mala, which contains all the most prominent slokas of the Srimad Bhagavatam pertaining to the Vaishnava philosophy. His pen never tired and produced many other Vaishnava philosophical work, works. He would begin his writings very late at night after completing his government work and stayed up until 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning composing songs and literatures. Most of his works appeared in the Sajjan Toshini magazine. He was equally engaged in writing and in preaching the holy name in many districts of Bengal. His personal appearances at villages had marvelous effects on the people. To maintain the center at Nadia, he built a house at Sri Godrumadvip, which is called Sri Swananda Sukhata Kunja. Here in this abode, the preaching of Harinam continued in full swing. Actually, now you can go and see the place also, this, this house of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I think you, have, you must have gone and seen, right? Mayapur. In Navadvip, there is this place, Sri Godrumadvip. One of the... Navadvip means, Nava means nine. So, I actually do not know the, all the nine dvipas. One of them is Sri Godrumadvip. Dvipa means islands. Island. So there are nine islands which constitutes Navadvip and it is considered like a nine petals of a flower. So one of them is Godrumadvip and he has his uh, house which is called Swananda Sukhada Kunja. Here in this abode, the preaching of Harinam, it's a double story house actually. Double story house. It was at the beginning of the 20th century that he chose to live at Puri and built a house and build a house on the beachfront there. Many honest souls sought his blessings and readily obtained them and he accepted the renounced order of life by taking Babaji initiation from Srila Gaurakishor Das Babaji in 1908. Though he was leading the life of a renounced soul, he could not avoid the men of all description who constantly visited him. All of them received oceans of spiritual training, instructions and blessings. In 1910, he shut himself up and remained in a perfect state of Samadhi or full concentration on the eternal pastimes of the Lord. In, in 1914, he passed on to the blissful realm of Goloka on the day which is observed as the disappearance day of Sri Gadadhar. Here we 
here we quote a stanza written about the Samadhi of Haridas Thakur which Srila Bhaktivinoda wrote sometime in 1871 to explain what influence a Vaishnava carries in this world even after his departure. He reasons ill who tells that Vaishnavas die when thou art, li- when thou art living still in sound. The Vaishnavas die to live and living try to spread the holy name around. So he wrote in English this stanza. Or I think he wrote in English. I do not know. I don't know if it was Bengali. But it is uh, rhyming in English. Die, try, sound around. So, A-B-A-B. Scheme of rhyming. So, anyway. So, this is very important. Uh, philosophy. He reasons ill who tells that Vaishnavas die. So whoever says Vaishnavas die, uh, he is actually, his logic is poor. It's like the Iskon gurus, they are saying Prabhupada has died. One of the gurus, Jayapataka Swami, he said, just as a dead man cannot produce children, a dead guru cannot produce disciples. So, he, he considered Prabhupada like that. So this is completely nonsense, rubbish, offensive, uh, because he reasons ill who tells that Vaishnavas die when thou art living still in sound. So they live in sound, that means their instructions are still living. The Vaishnavas die to live. Uh, The so-called death of a Vaishnava is an illusion. Uh, They live immortally uh, by their instructions. And living, try to spread the holy name around. Like Srila Prabhupada, by his books, he is still preaching and spreading the holy name. Srila Bhaktivinoda predicted, soon there will appear a personality who will preach the holy name of Hari all over the world. This he said, I think, in 1975. Uh, Soon there will appear a personality who will preach the holy name of Hari all over the world. It is clearly understood that his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, is that personality. So, pure devotees, they are trikalagya. Uh, they can see past, present and future. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur already predicted. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu predicted. Krishna also predicted. Uh, there is a conversation of Krishna and Mother Ganga in the... What is that book? Brahma Vaivartha Puran. Conversation between Krishna and Ganga, where Krishna will say that uh, 5000 years from now, a great preacher of the holy name will arise. Uh, And uh, he will make everybody in this world uh, chant the holy name, my holy name. So like this there is discussion between Krishna and Mother Ganga. So Krishna predicted, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu predicted. and Bhaktivinoda Thakur also predicted. It is clearly understood that His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, is that personality. I offer my prostrated obeisances first unto all the devotees that have surrendered unto His Divine Lotus Feet and next unto the devotees who will in the future take shelter of His Lotus Feet. And I then offer my humble obeisances unto His Lotus Feet again and again. May He bless this first translation attempt so that it may be accepted by the Lord Sri Krishna. And may He engage me in the service of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan, Lord Chaitanya and Radharani. Achyutananda Swami, 
August 28, 1972, disappearance of Sri Rupa Goswami Radha Damodar Temple, Seva Kunj Vrindavan. So, this was in 1972. So, in this way, uh, he wrote so many songs. The whole life of Acharyas is very inspiring. That's why actually we have started a section of the magazine. Every issue, we are sharing a life of one particular Vaishnava. And it is actually very inspiring to read their lives because how much difficulties they have gone through to bring this uh, Krishna consciousness to this world so that we can now uh, comfortably take to this process without much difficulty. It was all due to the exertions of uh, Acharyas like Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And he also uh, prayed for a son he was praying to Krishna because he could not find anybody who would carry on this mission. He did not find anybody potent enough to carry on this mission after his departure. And so he was praying to Krishna for a son, uh, for a ray of Vishnu. That's why the biography of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur by Rupa Vilas Prabhu, it is, uh, it is written a ray of Vishnu. Because Bhaktivinoda Thakur was praying for this. And uh, indeed, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was born. Actually, Bhaktivinoda Thakur had, I think, 10 children. Uh, there's a photo also, the whole family photo. So I think he has 7 sons and 3 daughters, or 6 sons and 4 daughters, something like that. I don't know if it's exactly 10, maybe even more, I don't know. Huh? 12? 12 children. So, he had a very big family. And uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, I think, was the seventh child, if I'm not wrong, among all of them. And uh, he continued. And there was another son of his. His name was um, Lalit Madhava, something, his name, some name is there. So he was also a Vaishnava, but he was always against his brother, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. They were always at loggerheads with each other. He never cooperated with Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur wrote so many songs, so he would keep those songs, he would not give his brother. He would not give Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur the song all the books he kept with him. But the mercy of the Acharya, mercy of his father went to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and he was empowered to preach and all over the world, all over India, he set up 64 Gaudiya Math. Uh, Math means uh, monastery. Gaudiya Math means uh, monastery where Gaudiya teachings are taught and practiced. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement was uh, carried forward by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and if you read his life, you will find uh, very inspiring. He, uh, he fought so much and he was called Simha Guru. He was very fearless in his preaching and many times he would agitate the common people. The common people, especially the Brahmins, so-called caste-conscious Brahmins, they used to get very angry at him and they tried to kill him also. They bribed the policemen to kill him also. Huge bribe. At that time, they offered them 
1910 just imagine that is that's it a few generations can run so but still the police said to the they came to bhaktisdan saraswati thakur and they told him we do accept bribes yes we are corrupt people but uh, for a sadhu we cannot do that for a saintly person we cannot do so we are telling you please take care of your life they are trying to kill you so they bribed the policeman and said that you keep quiet we will kill this man so the police did not they immediately informed bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur and once bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur's disciple uh, he went i think in bangladesh he was preaching very strongly and uh, people got upset because you know demigod worship everything was being condemned and the common people they don't know much you know they got very upset so some of uh, other disciples of bhaktisiddhanta they complained to bhaktisiddhanta saraswati that this man this disciple you know he's preaching very in a way which agitates people uh, so he is disturbing the uh, public bhaktisiddhanta uh, saraswati thakur said no that is very good that's how you should preach so preaching means there should be opposition that means you are making people think because there is going to be some class of people of course it doesn't mean that we can purposely pick up quarrels with <laughs> everybody but we should speak the truth without compromising anything so recently we made two videos on gorgopal das compromise um devotees also are not many devotees do not understand what is wrong with him of course many people also uh, could see that he was wrong uh, but many are also supporting him that you know after all he is bringing them to krishna also so this is not this is not our preaching style we have to learn from our guru shri prabhupad taught us in one way and we have to do like that so now in iskon there are so many different types of preaching methods uh, watering down the philosophy and not emphasizing shri prabhupada's books anybody who reads shri prabhupada's books will never agree with this kind of compromise Uh, because of these compromises the vaishnava religion has become had become a, a degraded religion during the bhaktivinoda thakur's time because of these kind of compromises so we cannot allow this to happen uh, so therefore our preaching style is that we especially sundagopal prabhu he is teaching us how to read shri prabhupada's books uh, very scrutinizingly uh, this is very important especially that shri prabhupad is not physically around any issue any problem that happens when prabhupad was there uh, he would go there and solve the problem or he would write letters and whatever dissension they had they could he could uh, patch it up but now that he is not physically there it rests the onus is on us it rests upon our sincerity on how sincerely we want to follow shri prabhupada's instructions uh, therefore that would mean that we have to know shri prabhupada's instructions in uh, very great detail and in the con- in contextually in the correct manner 
nowadays with database and all these search functions people are copy pasting sometimes out of context prabhupad's words and this is prabhupad said like this but the context was totally different hmm. so to understand all these things uh, we must have a solid program first of all there should be tapasya there should be austerity and there should be proper guidance from devotees who are following the proper system of prabhupad uh, many people have this idea that just by reading prabhupad's books you know it's all right then why did prabhupad set up temples why did prabhupad set up the initiation process why prabhupad set up cooperation between devotees the gbc and big grand scale arrangement for a worldwide movement if just the books are enough prabhupad did not say the books are the movement books are the basis of the movement just like the foundation of the building is not the building it is the foundation of the building so the books are the foundation of our movement our actions should build upon that so now unfortunately the iskon has completely gone astray from sri prabhupad's instructions uh, and because of that kind of uh, compromise devotees are being misled and do not know what is the real standard of uh, devotional philosophy and practice and therefore they are siding even this kind of people are gaur gopal das many such i mean even the guru radhanath swami is like that so these are all deviations happening because why there is no careful management by the gbc which prabhupad wanted the adherence to prabhupad the devotion to shri prabhupad is lost so people are doing anything and everything under the banner of vaishnavism exactly what happened during bhaktivinoda thakur's time before bhaktivinoda thakur's time bhaktivinoda thakur corrected it at that time it was current only in orissa and bengal <laughs> now it has gone to all over the world all these mal practices with the spread of vaishnavism uh, these things have also gone all over the world these mal practices uh, nobody is now thinking of course iskon is still the worldwide so called front of hari krishna movement uh, but it's crumbling on the inside because of so much uh, disobedience of shri prabhupada but among the ritviks among the prabhupada anugas so called those who are trying to establish prabhupada as a diksha guru there is so much dissension so much uh, disagreements and nowadays it is more meritorious in their eyes in the so called ritvik prabhupada anugas eyes it is more meritorious to be just a humble preaching center just two three devotees and do a little local scene and local preaching than trying to conduct a international organization <clears throat> when we are trying to preach uh, under the guidance of sundar gopal prabhu who is directing us to shila prabhupada nicely uh, there is so much opposition by not who not iskon not non devotees <laughs> by the so called prabhupada anugas they condemn this and when somebody is trying alone gone away from the temple some alone some book distribution some singing here and there uh, that is uh, that is uh, of course it is not bad but 
Prabhupada wanted a worldwide movement. So they have all kinds of excuses not to do a worldwide movement. Everyone must just be, you know, just alone. And that is called real Vaishnava. No, this is completely far from what Srila Prabhupada wanted. Srila Prabhupada wanted our movement to be so strong that the entire world will look up to us for direction. Because this world is on a suicidal path and this Hare Krishna movement must become so strong. It has the potency to become so strong that even governments of countries, they also look up to the Hare Krishna movement for answers. When Srila Prabhupada was preaching in the West, he converted so many hippies to devotees. And the government authorities were very happy and were trying to find out from him how he did it. And they wanted to get some tips. There is actually a conversation in the Science of Self-Realization book, if you see. Uh, recently we published in the magazine also that same conversation between uh, police inspector, I think he's a... Uh, some kind of a Polish commissioner and Prabhupada, there was a conversation and he was asking you know, how he converted these hippies and what to do because there was a big, how much millions and billions of dollars were spent in trying to get people out of the drug culture uh, this was a big problem and now also the problem is going on so he wanted to get tips so Prabhupada said you, you must allow us to do Sankirtan everywhere uh, we must chant the holy names of Krishna everywhere. You must give us some uh, provision for that. Then I, I can guarantee you, I, I can remove this. Uh, uh, what is this? Drug culture. So to that effect, Srila Prabhupada was preaching to him. Uh, but he was asking questions like, um, okay, that is religious, but anything, any other tips? Prabhupada said, I already told you <laughs> that you have to allow us to chant. Uh, there has to be Sankirtan un- un- unless Krishna is pleased unless they get the association of Krishna through the holy name they will not lose taste for these things for crime, for drugs and all these things so uh, the, the, the heart must be purified then the crime will stop you put some law you put some this and that it's not a very efficient process uh, it is just like cutting the grass but because the root is still there it will again grow and find loopholes in the law and try to work around it so it is not going to be a permanent solution a permanent solution is to cleanse the heart cheto darpana marjanam when the heart is cleansed then uh, the action also will be cleansed when the thoughts are cleansed then the action also will be cleansed so this is the perfect process Again, you can see how Srila Prabhupada did not compromise in the process. Even though the person was not, the police commissioner was not interested in his Prabhupada's uh, recommendation. No, this is uh, faith based. No, you have any other more practical suggestions. No, I, Prabhupada said, I have given you practical suggestion. You allow us to have Sankirtan hall, something, you know, allow us to do. So then he asked, you want in a rich, rich area or poor area? No, it doesn't matter. We don't see rich, poor. Any area. Every area it should be. So, like this, Prabhupada was talking, the nice conversation is there. Uh, so, uh, we should stay true to our, our style. Mm. 
the world should accept our style if we accept the world style that means we are compromising we are giving in and bhaktivinoda thakur would not be happy with that bhakti sidan saraswati thakur would not be happy prabhupad would not be happy the whole parampara and we'll, when we lose the blessings of the parampara then we'll become important to preach uh he may have this kind of motivational speakers in the garb of devotees they may have big following on internet and they may be invited to big big conferences and you know they may speak there but they cannot affect even one person into krishna consciousness not even one this kind of preaching is not preaching so we have to stay true to this kind of process and stick very tightly Uh, even though it may appear counterintuitive or whatever it doesn't matter we cannot compromise uh, if anything we have to take from bhaktivinoda thakur's life it is this that he never compromised in anything so any questions or comments on this topic so if you can read the seventh goswami that will be very nice you'll get a good insight of bhaktivinoda thakur's life in fact even i did not completely read it i read i think 3/4 of it i did not finish it so i will need to find time and read it myself so okay we would like to stop here then i'll see if any comments are there ah uh, there is some comments so this one mataji is sharing the quote of bhaktivinoda thakur actually his song uh, where she uh, bhaktivinoda thakur says that um, father mother uh, spiritual master you are my everything he was praying to krishna like that so that is full surrender so she was mentioning that point so vijay chaitanya prabhu is asking question how bhaktivinoda thakur conquered sleep even shri prabhupad how they achieve it what is the secret <laughs> yeah this is a vaishnava is good that he is even asking this because a vaishnava doesn't like to waste time so shri prabhupad used to say sometimes when he was going to go to bed he used to say now i'm going to waste time <laughs> and then he would go to bed so uh, they treat sleep as waste of time because only for the body we have to do it otherwise uh, it is a completely waste of time we just lying down blank you know <laughs> but of course for the body to work the next day we need that you know uh, but for the soul there is no sleep so when the pure devotees they achieve this even six goswamis నిద్రాహార విహారకాది విజితౌ విజితౌ మీన్స్ ది కాంకర్డ్ స్లీప్ హౌ అర్జున ఆల్సో వాజ్ కాల్డ్ గుడాకేష కాంకర్ కాంకరర్ ఆఫ్ స్లీప్ సుశీల ప్రభుపాద్ 
Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Bhaktivinoda Thakur's life, I mean, his daily schedule is very interesting. You know? <laughs> Coming on to the live stream. <laughs> so, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's uh, uh, daily routine is very interesting. He used to sleep 15 minutes and he will wake up. And then work for another 3-4 hours and then sleep another 15 minutes. And then again wake, wake up and work. Very short naps he used to have. The longest he would sleep in a day was uh, two hours in the night. That's it. And he will wake up and write again. From 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. he will be writing. And he will chant 16 rounds and he will go to court. He's a magistrate and he will administer justice and write songs. And he also went to preach, deliver all lectures everywhere. He found the birth site of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he started a magazine, everything he was doing. You know, uh, if you see even Prabhupada's last 12 years of his life from 69 to 81, what he achieved in those 12 years is impossible to achieve for any human in the whole lifetime, in many lifetimes, that much he achieved. So, this is because of spiritual power. So, this comes Conquering of sleep, coming back to the question, conquering of sleep uh, comes with our progressive advancement in Krishna consciousness. Uh, So, Prabhupada said, if you reduce eating, uh, you can reduce sleeping. So, one time, uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami came to Prabhupada and said, I have so many services, you know, there is not enough uh, time to chant. Uh, Prabhupada said, then you reduce your eating and sleeping. He did not say, oh, okay, then reduce your service a little bit, then chant. No, he said, you reduce your eating and sleeping. Uh, but keep the chanting, keep the services. The whole idea is to uh, increase service. Uh, if we eat too much, then you go to the toilet too many times. Waste of time. Take a shower. Waste of time. Then because of so much eating, sleeping, waste of time. All these are waste of time. Because of the tongue, we have to waste time thrice. The eating is waste of time. Hmm? Then toilet is waste of time, taking shower. And then sleeping is another waste of time. So three times time waste. Just because of tongue. That's why, Hatha Sri Krishna Namadi Nabhavit Grahim Indriyai Sevan Mukhe Jihvado Svayamevas Puratyadaha There is a nice verse actually in the Bhagavatam. Hmm. So, uh, 11, 8, 20 of the Bhagavatam. By fasting, learned men quickly bring all of the senses except the tongue under control. Because by abstaining from eating, such uh, from eating, such men are afflicted with an increased desire to gratify the sense of taste. So, when fasting, the tongue will become most uncontrollable. Even though other days you would not want to eat something, that same thing will become very appear very tasty on a fasting day. And then in the next verse it is said, Although one may conquer all of the other senses, as long as the tongue is not conquered, it cannot be said that one has controlled his senses. 
However, if one is able to control the tongue, then one is understood to be in full control of all the senses. So, another explanation of this is in the nectar of devotion, uh, nectar of instruction also. Jihva vegam udara upastha vegam. Too much eating will create too much pressure on the stomach and the genitals. One straight line. So, in this way, uh, one will be sexually also agitated. So, all these are waste of time. Uh, so, therefore, uh, even Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur did not want his disciples to become very fat. Uh, uh, when the disciples becoming fat means he would get angry at them. Why you are enjoying your senses? Uh, he wanted disciples to become lean and thin, bony, skinny, bony. <laughs> Once uh, Subhash Chandra Bose, the great freedom fighter in India, he came to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He asked him, uh, Swamiji, you have so many disciples, all young men you have. Please give some of them to me. I will train them up to become freedom fighters for India and we will get independence for this country. So, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur politely told him, Sir, look at my disciples. All rib gauges can be seen. What strength they have. So, they are so skinny and bony. If you take this kind of people, they will be killed. You cannot train them. They have no strength, you see. Look at them. Every day, every other day fasting. How they will keep up with your training? So, please find somewhere else. That's it. The meeting finished. <laughs> meeting finished. Because he was so strongly attached to his country. Uh, when Prabhupada came to him, 1922, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, first meeting, he asked him, you preach to the English-speaking world. Then Prabhupada said, no, we must first get independence, otherwise nobody will listen to our Indian philosophy. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur uh, said, no, 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 this is wrong. He defeated Prabhupada. He said, no, 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 this is wrong understanding. Devotional service cannot be hampered by any condition. It doesn't matter whether we are dependent or independent. Everybody is dependent on the laws of nature. Maya, everybody is struggling because of dependence on her. Uh, real freedom fighting is this, to get people out of cycle of birth and death and preaching must go on, no matter what the condition politically. Uh, so, this was the, uh, so he withdrew Prabhupada from that political mindset and got him out and pure religious, pure uh, spiritual service. So, since that time Prabhupada was always thinking how to execute this mission. So, he thought we need money to build temples, so he started business pharmaceutical business to uh, gather some uh, fund. So, he wanted to become rich first, get all that money and start temples and start preaching, print books and everything. He wanted to do like this. But uh, Prabhupada once said that, I was a devotee from very birth. There was no disagreement between me and Krishna. The only disagreement was that I wanted to earn money and then preach, but Krishna wanted me to lose that money and preach first and then he gave me the money. (laughs) Prabhupada wanted to become a big businessman, take the money, start preaching, printing books and everything. That was his idea. That was why he started business. But then one day he received a letter from Allahabad where his business was, he was in Calcutta. So he received a letter that all his business is lost. The manager completely swindled him and cheated the whole thing. 
So in this way, uh, the business was lost. When he saw the letter, he became very happy. Krishna has taken out my last attachment. Finish. Now I have to only do one thing. Preach Krishna consciousness. This is what Krishna wants me to do. He preached. It's not that Krishna immediately gave him all the wealth. No. Prabhupada struggled a lot. Struggled a lot. For 10 years, uh, from when he took sannyas, uh, 10 years after that, he was in Vrindavan, shuttling between Delhi and Vrindavan, printing one, one piece of paper magazine. Back to Godhead. He was thinking, what is this? Big, big materialistic magazines are so posh and so nice paper, nice colors and everything. And my paper is like, you know, like low quality, cheap quality paper and uh, just one piece like this. What is this? But still he was pushing it. And one day it was, it so happened that on his way there was a bull. The bull hit him. Prabhupada, he was on the road. He fell unconscious. A few hours he was lying there. Nobody picked him up. Hot sun. He would write the articles. He would uh, collect money to print the magazine. And then he would, after printing, he would personally stand and distribute on the road. Sell for like some anas. Anas means at the time few cents. Paise. Paise. Paisa means uh, cents in, in, in India. So, for a few paisa he used to sell. And in that, like that one hot afternoon, he the bull, you know, hit him and he fell on the roadside. Nobody picked him up. Nobody cared for him. And Prabhupada was crying to Krishna, you know, uh, when, when, how, how to do this mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What to do? How? Okay, please give me some blessings. Like this, he was crying to Krishna. And then... Eventually, slowly the thing unfolded and it's not very easy still. He, he took great risk at 69 years old. He was going to America alone. He tried to cooperate with his god brothers. All the sannyasi god brothers were making fun of him. Are, until now you are a grihastha householder, just only entered sannyasi life. We have been sannyasis since Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur started preaching. Since then we are sannyasis. Huh? You think it is so easy to preach overseas? You go. Bon Maharaj. Everybody was laughing at him. Aras just came out of a Andhapopam, full of blind well of family life, and he wanted to be the big preacher. They were just happy just sitting in their temples and do no preaching. They had very little regard for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings. Whereas Prabhupada was always thinking how to do this because he has to preach in the English-speaking world. He's, he tried in India for 50 years, did not work out. From 26 years old, when he met Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati till uh, when he was, you know, 69 years old. He was trying his best to preach in India. Not a single soul joined. <laughs> not a single soul. He asked some people who had five children, five sons, he said, you have five sons, you give me one son, I will make him a Brahmana and make him a preacher of Bhagavad philosophy. He said, well, what my son will do as a Brahmana, you know, you know, he has much better prospects, he will become good education and good uh, big businessman or big engineer, this, that. Nobody was interested. So then he was fed up with India, then he, he got this free, he asked Sumati Morarji, the shipping company head owner, 
that i want to go in the freight it was a freighter ship not not even a passenger ship on a freighter ship we went very very small ship actually he went on atlantic and two heart attacks on two consecutive nights two heart attacks no doctor nothing 69 years of age and when the when he went there completely cold he never experienced this kind of weather in india horrible chilling cold and he had no money in with him 7 7 dollars 7 usd is what he had in his pockets do not know whether to turn left or right when he landed in boston so much risk but after that krishna started to give him when he gave him robad once said if i had if i would have acted on my previous plan if and if it would have worked i would have become even a bigger than birla and tata those businessmen you know birla and tata everybody knows in india robad said i would have become bigger than that if i continued with my business but krishna had other plans and now i have an empire which is bigger than or better than birla and tata if birla these businessmen they have to pay their employees multinational companies i have a multinational enterprise now and i have thousands of people working for me and i don't give them a single cent and my revenue the kind of revenue i'm generating the sales of books and everything millions and millions the back to godhead magazine at one point in 1976 per month 1 million copies of magazine were sold prabhu was so happy at one time i was only one paper rubber and black and white that too huh i was thinking what is this magazine what is this cheap quality whereas material and now you have brought this to such a high standard i am very happy he told his disciples and the sales were going in the millions 1976 it was a golden year of sankirtan movement at the time thousands and thousands of bhagavad gita sold all over the world Uh, all this prabhupada uh, was rewarded by krishna but the surrender also is not it's not overnight it looks like for oh, 12 years he made so much but how much he went through how much krishna tested him but it, there was every reason to get discouraged every reason to get discouraged even when he went to america he was not treated nicely at all by the hippies huh one hippie mental case he was drug drugged out he would come and vomit on prabhupad and prabhupad would just silently go and wash his clothes and dry them and that's it and wash the place he was staying with this kind of people in the bowery and he was writing all the manuscript he was typing you know how he was typing one finger one finger like this how many books he can translate he wanted to translate bhagavad gita bhagavatam chaitanya charitam all like this one finger one finger and with his spectacles you will see uh, one finger like this the whole manuscript written bhagavad gita finished stolen completely stolen he had to write all over again these are the challenges prabhupad faced anybody else would have given up long ago so we can see from this life of bhaktivinoda thakur or bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur or prabhupad um that we cannot at small small uh, discouragements we cannot like show our uh, throw in our towel and say oh i am done you know no more krishna consciousness finish 
to hell with Krishna consciousness. No, you will go to hell. So we have to always stick to Krishna. There, Prabhupada said there will be a million reasons to quit Krishna consciousness. But only one reason to stay. That is to serve Krishna. No matter what, let me serve Krishna. That kind of attitude we must develop. Not that, oh, this is not nice. Oh, that devotee told me like this, I will not stay and I will go away. That means you have no regard for Krishna. If you can leave Krishna so easily, what devotion you have? Some people say, no, 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 I have great devotion for Krishna. I don't only like the devotees only. And Krishna says, that kind of devotees I am, are not my devotees. You have to first like my devotees first. And first learn how to be in association of devotees. If that much humility you don't have, that you cannot take a little bit criticism or a little bit chastisement, then where you can come to me? Get lost. You rot in this material world. So, when in, the, in the association of devotees, we must be prepared uh, to receive chastisement. We should be prepared to be corrected. Not that we should be prepared to be always praised. That will become actually our downfall. Pride goes before fall. So, it is a spiritual master's duty to always chastise. Uh, any wrong, any wrongdoing, you must chastise. Correct him. Uh, so, we should not uh, easily leave Krishna like that. This is not proper understanding. Especially if the devotees are following everything. So, in this way, uh, you should take it very seriously. All the sacrifices of the great Acharyas, it is not for them. They underwent, Prabhupada went so much struggle. Not for himself. Prabhupada said, I could have comfortably lived in the Radha Damodar temple till my death. And I would have just been happy and no, no pain whatsoever, very comfortable life. No, he did not want it like that. He wanted to take great trouble for Krishna. All kinds of troubles he wanted to take. Uh, we should be prepared to do that. Not, we should never uh, think of having a comfortable life. A comfortable life means that is material life. There is no spiritual potency there. Spiritual life means there should be always risk. There should always be endeavor to push, push the Krishna consciousness movement. The next frontier, the next frontier, next frontier. Not that, oh, okay. For example, now we are Struggling to, get, struggling to get a temple and all that. Suppose, in the event that we do get a temple, permanent temple, it's not that, ha, ah, finished, our mission in Singapore. No. And what is the next frontier? Next frontier. Oh. Prabhupada said, as long as there is a single soul still suffering in this world, our, our mission is not finished. What about single soul? Everybody is suffering. Lot of work to be done. People ask us, what do you all do in the temple? Lot of work to be done. We ask people come and join. No, 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 I want to become engineer. I want to become big, big time this and that. Even devotees themselves, they also send their children to, you know, become big, big materialists. And they take pride. Oh, my child is, you know, uh, graduated. My child now is masters. Don't be proud. Uh, this is actually path to hell. Bhaktivana Thakur himself wrote a song, Vidyar Vilasa Katayano Khan, Katayano Kala. Uh, that song is there, condemning material education. Uh, it will make an ass out of the eternal soul. Koroe Gatha, Gatha means ass. <laughs> so, 
uh, we have to think of how to not only become devotees but also make our children also devotees <coughs> and that is real high class duty chaitanya mahaprabhu already gave us uh, recruitment hr here is the hr so lot of vacancies there no takers there there is no vacancy people want to take here vacancy nobody wants to take they so afraid of to join the temple even devotees oh full time no 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 i'm happy doing for part time then you vaikuntha is full time life <laughs> if one is going to go back to wants to go back to godhead there is full time life full time eternally full time there is no partly coming to material world and partly going there no, no not like this full time so if you are not trained up to become full time here then we cannot be have any admittance in the vaikuntha world uh, we must think of how to dedicate my life if there is a where is a, one verse is there uh, that if anybody thinks that he can repay his spiritual master uh, he is a joker he is an idiot he got no brains we cannot repay our spiritual master at any point the maximum we can do is give our life for his service maximum we can do and that is not all he has saved us from life after life at least we can give him this one life chakshudan diloje janme janme prabhu se he is our lord life after life so at least this one life we can give him and that should be our thinking how i can just completely fully just serve a spiritual master with no other intention no other motive so this should be our life so that went very long the question was how to conquer sleep only <laughs> so basically to answer that question basically we have to become spiritually strong and as we fill up our life with krishna consciousness that enthusiasm that inspiration just like if you are suppose excited about anything even materially sometimes it happens that if i am excited about something a new idea or business idea or new project or something or sometimes you know boy finds a girl and is very excited now and something the girl agreed that's it he cannot sleep what happened <laughs> because why that inspiration that excitement so when one is that but that does not stay once he starts to stay with the woman he will regret <laughs> so but now krishna consciousness is not like that it's always anandambudhi vardhanam pratipadam purnamrita swadanam uh, it is a ocean of bliss which keeps on increasing and increasing without satiation uh, that is what will keep the devotee away from sleep that intense absorption that enjoyment that he gets from krishna uh, will take him out of that uh, enjoyment of sleep i mean even take for example as when we sleep when we wake up in the morning the alarm goes off snooze but if one is spiritually <laughs> very strong ah oh, it's time to do service that's it wake up but mind is so groggy so materially contaminated that we want to sleep more or another five minutes five minutes like this uh, we're so downtrodden uh, so we have to uh, become more and more inspired 
whole idea is we ourselves have to become inspired world movement will go will will happen will if we ourselves are first of all completely inspired and dedicated for the job so we have to get inspired so we have to constantly read watering of the plant should be there the devotional creeper should be watered by hearing and chanting we should always hear about uh, krishna and his devotees like now we have to constantly read every day we have to spend quality time reading prabhu said if you know one does not get time to read if one is working here and prabhu said hear my tapes and listen in that way there is another quote like that by prabhu so uh, even where when we are commuting uh, we can hear prabhu's lectures in the earphones the technology is there it's ironic that those days there was no technology of fast reproduction of these words either in print or in audio or in ebook format or whatever digital but they carried in their mind they carried in their head all these things and they became such now there is so much facility at our fingertips all the scriptures are there we are going everywhere and in our pocket the whole veda base is there huh? the entire vedic literature is there in our pocket huh? but we are not reading we are share, we are reading some oh one quote or oh, somebody posted a quote on facebook prabhupad quote oh, okay fine i have read prabhupad this kind of micro reading will not help one should strongly read and understand the whole philosophy uh, then only we can become very very strong then we can inspire others also to become stronger so all right we'll stop here jay shri bhakti no thakur ki प्रभुपाद की निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे